0: Welcome to Tech This Way. Can you hear me? I
1: can hear you quite clearly. And the thunder can has, stopped. Okay, all right,
0: yes, he has stopped. Okay, alright. Yes, it has stopped. Uh, just right, just right. I'm trying to find a, a better backdrop for you lah. Like, uh, let me see, uh, If I switch around here.
1: As long as you put the camera somewhere stable, then that's
0: fine. Somewhere stable, yeah? I guess you lah. Uh. Ken. Ah, uh, that's good. That's good, huh? Alright, so let me just clear the, the background first. uh, In order for it to be unhindered. Okay lah, uh, I uh, I guess.
1: Hey. Thanks for getting on the video
0: call, man. Eh? Hey, no, thanks for making time for this. Very much appreciated. Yeah, I've been and
1: meaning I'm... to have a long chat with you for a long time.
0: Ah, okay. Well, It's been a while, but you know, last time we caught up was when uh, I went over to your office and then you took me over to Mercato at uh, KLCC. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's when I was looking to micro insurance, uh, perhaps uh, two and a half years ago, uh, three years ago. Uh, yeah, at that point, know, I think it was while, right? Yeah. How, how, how are things with you at Ethica?
1: Yeah, they are, they're good. They're good, you know, keeping busy. So doing this mm-hmm. is a side hustle.
0: Okay, all right. But this is your own personal thing or it's, a, it's an Ethica thing?
1: It's a personal thing.
0: Personal thing, la. okay. Yeah. good.
1: because good. I thought it would be nice to have a platform where, you know, our local tech, uh, whether it's technopreneurs or people in the industry or, you know, tech personalities like yourselves uh, be able to share. Yeah. Because okay. I, think, I think like, like yourself, um, you know, I think a lot of people meet you in, in various forms and guises, yeah. but perhaps not as many people know the a bit more in-depth about Mr. Warren, you know?
0: Well, uh, hopefully, you know, today's session will make it a little bit more interesting and more insightful then. I hope it's
1: interesting. Like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll try my best. Like, you're putting me under a lot of pressure, but it should be Okay. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so why don't we start? I don't know. So when I met you first, it's probably when you were in Magic, but you can go far back as you want, you know, a little bit about Mr. Warren. How did you get, how did you start into this ecosystem? If you like?
0: Well, let me just start by just uh, talking a little bit about my career uh, and hopefully it will, it will culminate in how I ended up in then. right? I studied accounting sure. and finance I was in uh, London for 10 years. Oh. Uh first, consulting. But but it's all linked together, right? Uh, okay, I, was okay. friend, I
1: was helping a friend.
0: I was helping a friend to 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 uh, uh with his website there was a social network to uh help uh users find partners to exchange skills with. Say for example this, if I want to learn. This at, is
1: when you were in London.
0: When I was really in London, London. that was like uh, twelve years ago. Twelve years ago, mm. right? So I had a uh, colleague from BP who was uh, creating a social network for language exchange students, right? So if I want to learn Arabic and, uh, and you want to learn Japanese, I can teach you Japanese, you can teach me Arabic and vice versa. Ah. That was the use of it. Uh, and I wasn't a techie person, right? I, I studied money in finance. How I got into it was uh, I helped him with uh, outsourcing, I helped him with project management, and, and they gave me some insights in regards to how to run a website, uh, so to mm. speak. And from that point onwards, I started doing, uh, you know, online dating sites. Uh, I was working on an education-based social network. Uh, I had sorry, a... Sorry,
1: rewind, rewind. Online dating yeah. site.
0: Online dating, yes, exactly. Uh, that
1: that it, one you need to expand a little bit.
0: I'll, I'll expand a little bit. Right? I mean, and I'll talk through a bit about, uh, you know, the errors that I made as a noob in terms of product development at that point in time. We actually spent two years trying to build an online dating site because we were trying to revamp and revolutionize the whole industry, right? But there were a couple of lessons learned from it. Number one, don't spend too long on product development. Um, uh, Launch it as quickly as possible to see, you know, what are the main pain points. Number two, be sure to uh, ensure that you don't fall behind in terms of the mega trends. At the point of launching the online dating site, um, you know, the whole world was beginning to shift towards mobile, but we were Mm -hmm. trying to um, disrupt Match and eHarmony and the standard online dating sites, right? So it's still very web-based. Our novel principle was to use, uh, you know, uh, let's say images or video files from YouTube to add a topic to conversation, right? And we created a desktop-based interface, but it didn't work out. Uh, so now, number two is uh, really, you know, uh, to ensure that you can keep track of, uh, you know, the mega trends and don't get, uh, don't, don't fall behind, right? Uh, and then number three, you know, boil to first principles, we were over the product because uh, we wanted to make sure that it's a platform for serious conversations and seriously.
1: Uh, whose idea was that? And who's we with this dating
0: platform? <laughs> uh, was, uh, myself and, and a good friend from London as well. You know, he's a Malaysian guy, uh, oh. but who was in a, an investment bank uh, in the IT space. So he was the tech guy, like happy to do the whole thing. Right? So the three lessons we learned were, don't take too long to build a product. Number two, don't miss out on mega trends. Number three, go down the first principles. Because when I, when I met with someone from senior from eHarmony, he said, you got it all wrong, man. You know, it's not about conversations. It's not about, you know, uh, depth of, um, of connections. You know, right. the first thing, on my dating? It's all about looks, right? right. And that's 60, <laughs> 70, 80% of the weightage, right? So, uh, and yeah. that, was, that was actually um, a very insightful um, you know, realization after spending two years working on the product. Uh, and and uh, to me, you know, that's a oh, yes. uh, guiding... To, Yes, exactly. That's, that's the lesson to be learned, right? And, and, and that was the lesson that uh, I've uh, applied throughout my, 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 my journey. But, you know, one thing leads to another, right? As I mentioned, I started calling guests. I was in management consulting. But I went into uh, building an online-based social network for language exchange uh, students. And then from there, you know, it went to online dating and then um, uh, online education. At one point in time, I had about 50 apps uh, for kids to revise for exams such as uh, SPM or or GCSE, O-levels o and A-levels, etc. etc. Um, but you know, that didn't work out because uh, the the time for it to mature uh, would have taken uh, too long to merit my attention. Uh, that was uh, maybe about five, six years ago. At that point in time, most of the kids don't have their own mobile phones yet. Uh, or if they would have any, they're mostly hand-me-down devices. So the market was uh, you know, not that mature at that point in time. Uh, when they didn't work out, you know, somehow I ended up at Magic where, uh, you know, I spent about a year and a half running some startup programs. and that was how did, how, you know, uh,
1: how did that happen? You coming back and joining Magic?
0: I Okay, so I took a career break from Bain. Uh, so Bain is a management consulting firm. I was there in London for, for a couple of years. Uh, so I took six months off to work on my online education platform. And I came back home to Malaysia to work on it for another six months. And then I realized, oh yeah, it's taking a bit too... Uh, too long um, and perhaps, you know, I, I should be considering other options then uh, and I started writing on, on, on Facebook, right, you know, mm. things that you should be, uh, should avoid doing uh, uh, when launching an online business or the lessons that I've learned, uh, try to create online social network, the difficulties in monetization, the understanding of who will be paying the bills, uh, you know, who will be the decision makers when it comes to the procurement process, Would it be the kids, Would it be the, the teachers, Would it be the schools, right, and, and, and when I started writing about this and somehow, you know, uh, Cheryl, who was the founding CEO of Magic, uh, 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 came across my writings and, and then uh, she approached me and said, look, I'm trying to set this up. You know, is this something that you could be interested in to, to, to consider? And one thing led to another. And so, you know, I just ended up at Magic now. Right. right. But, uh, but this is also another lesson, right, uh, uh, to a lot of budding entrepreneurs out there. Uh, be sure to invest in a bit of self-marketing. Uh, because, you know, when you have no money to spend on marketing, who can you market and what can you market? You can market yourself marketing the product, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of the, the folks that you'll be interviewing or you have interviewed or you, you, you know people like Nadea from the lorry, uh, uh, many others, they're very good at self-marketing. Tony Fernandez is a good example of self marketer mm-hmm. because they themselves represent the brands. So for any bootstrap entrepreneur or, or uh, you know, an executive, um, and given the fact that, you know, the social networks are a lot more mature now, it's so much easier to build your own personal brand in comparison to 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? So the lesson I want to impart over here is, yeah, invest a little bit in personal marketing. Mm. So what did you do to invest in
1: the, the Warren, Warren
0: brand? Well, you know, it wasn't a conscious investment actually. You know, I started writing because I just enjoy putting down my thoughts uh, on, on Facebook uh, and now LinkedIn. Uh, And the reason why I would jot down my thoughts is because, number one, it helps me to internalize lessons uh, and also uh, insights that I've come across. Number two, it's also a genuine way to really share uh, insights and thoughts. Uh, uh, So this leads to a second realization for me, right? Uh, In the sense that, you know, when you're willing to share your thoughts and your thoughts are constructive, you know, uh, and it spurs people to think, Mm. And that, that is the ingredient that actually helps to build up social credibility. Because, you know, when a person comes across your, your writing or your video or your podcast uh, very randomly and I think, oh, yeah, I mean, whatever the person uh, uh, is saying actually makes sense, right? Uh, so, that 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 was another, another point that somehow, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I came to realize, oh, yeah, mm. that was how, you know, the social credibility <laughs> snowball actually functions, that right? There was another trick that I picked up. Uh, it was about, you know, I guess... Uh, doing low effort uh, 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 gestures, uh, but things that could mean something to uh, people from across uh, the other side. A simple example is this. Someone comes to you and asks, hey, Amran, can you help to introduce me to this and that person? Mm. The reality is uh, an introduction through email or WhatsApp doesn't really cost anything. Financially, of course, right? Uh, Nor effort. Uh, the, The key the social uh, capital that you invest to provide the introduction. But as long as uh, there's a certain level of trust and, uh, and you think that the person is worth helping uh, without being too much of an ask, uh, then in general, you know, sometimes a lot of these small actions actually do compound over time. And that's another, another, another realization that I've made. Uh, and you know, back to your first question, on how I end up in the tech industry, right? It was more about opening up doors one by one. I helped a friend uh, to build a social network, and then somehow I did online dating and then started posting and then I ended up working at Magic and that was where I had the opportunity to know, you know, people like yourself uh, whom I've learned a great deal from and uh, a lot of other captains uh, or much more qualified people in the startup space and technology mm-hmm. space. But, but it's also a matter of um, adding value on or trying to add value on my side, and vice versa. And it then becomes a very uh, a genuine, sincere, uh, uh platform and a way to really just exchange thoughts and uh, also exchange networks and also favors them over time.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get back into the, into the unique coach world in, in a minute. Lah. But so what happened after, uh, after Magic?
0: After Magic, well, so I always knew that Magic was not meant to be a long-term career for me because, mm. you know, I'm a private sector creature, right? I spent a year and a half over there and uh, if I would to spend a bit more time, I'm not going to learn anything extra because it's just be running the same things over time. But uh, spending about a year and a half in the government sector actually uh, helped to change my mindset with regards to uh, how the government actually works, right? I learned uh, you know, about the civil infrastructure. I learned about you know how does the civil service actually allocate budgets for different programs and initiatives. I learned about balancing different stakeholders, yeah, between uh, you know what the private sector would need, what the government would need, what the politicians would need as well. Uh, but all in all, I would say it was a very um, positive experience because. Number one, there was the opportunity to understand things from the other side. Mm-hmm. And so it gives a more complete picture on how an ecosystem or how a country actually works. Number two, it gave me an opportunity to meet a lot of very interesting people, not just within Malaysia, but across the rest of Southeast Asia. And from that point onwards, you know, it allowed uh, kind of like a, yeah, a budding social network to be built around the Rolodex that, uh, that comes naturally with the job, because that, that requires a lot of interactions with others. Um, and then uh, I guess you know, number three is also the opportunity to, 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 to operate on a bl- relatively blank canvas. At that point in time, it was a new government agency, the programs were all new, and there was an opportunity to really create an accelerator program and how we want to engage investors and how do you want to grow the local startup scene. Um, so uh, uh, that, 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 those were the three, three learnings that I had from Magic, uh, but you know, after a while, I realized, yeah, I mean, it's time for me to move on. Uh, and uh, your question was about how I moved on, right? So uh, as I mentioned. During my time at Magic, I got to know a lot of people. And as long as you build up uh, the, uh, the credibility and you build up uh, uh, sincere and genuine relationships, and in general, you know, uh, people will try to find a way to work with you, right? Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, a uh, point of living, you know, within uh, one or two weeks, you know, I had a few offers ready and I chose uh, to join Imagine because I got to know Andy very well as a friend. Uh, and I, I like the vision and I like the, the, the mission. Uh, and I've gotten to know, you know, uh, Stephanie as the co-founder as well. And over time, you know, it was, a, it was a good opportunity to try to build something global out of Malaysia, so to speak.
1: Hmm. So how was that journey uh, with those guys? I've been
0: at I've been imagine for four years. Now, this is probably the, the longest time I've spent in any one company hmm. uh, or within one role, so to speak. Uh, now, prior to that, you know, I spent about four and a half as a BP, but every single year I was doing a different role. Over here, it's good because uh, the company is continuously uh, growing and, and reinventing ourselves. Uh, my role over here is, uh, you know, covers a few things and it changes over time too. Uh, uh, officially, I look at strategic partnerships and investments and acquisitions. I also look at, uh, let's say, um, uh, BizDev and CorpDev. Um, but over the past, I would say 12 to 14 months, I've been working on a new product uh, called Design Store AI. Uh, hmm. which you know, we can talk more about it later on. But I think to to, to really answer your question, you know, uh, how has it been? It's been great. It's been interesting uh, because uh, number one, you know, there's the opportunity to do something global. Uh, number two, hmm. because it's not a startup because we've been around for more than 15 years. But on the other hand, the, the culture is still very entrepreneurial because the founders and the senior management team are very entrepreneurial. It gives uh, the best of vocals. Uh, it gives the best of uh hey, having a bit of structure and not uh, everything being clunkabood versus you know uh the opportunity and the ability to act quickly on opportunities uh mm. and also push ahead instead of having having to write uh working paper after working paper or, or creating slides. You know. Uh yeah, I mean uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, I've not really created a lot of slides ever since joining. But it's uh, know,
1: quite and parcel of the job sometimes, you know.
0: Uh, well Actually, you know that's what the management consultants would say, right? <laughs> or oh, right? The reality is, you know, in in a small uh, company or SME, right? Everything can be sorted and, uh, and uh, distilled into, let's say, five bullet points on WhatsApp. This is why mm. pro- I'm proposing one, two, three, four. Do you agree? Yes, no, right? Yeah, if, if no, why, right? And then after that, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. That's all, <laughs> all right? So but that's that's you,
1: how. you've you've already forgotten the pitch decks that you have asked people to do in during the accelerated days, man. Right?
0: Uh, oh, now now it's very different. It's all coordination through through WhatsApp and uh, and chats, right? I send a couple of bullet points. Tap Okay. I'm in agreement, alignment. If you disagree, but if you disagree, I acknowledge. But after you agree, we we will agree to disagree, but we commit. Right, so that's another principle that I've learned from 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 Amazon, and, uh, uh, and to be honest with you, right, if you were to ask me whether or not I'll go back to the corporate world or I would to go back to uh, the consulting line or so services line, I would say you no. Know, I, I really cannot imagine it because you know I, I've been on the other side and, and uh, I'm in a situation now where uh, it's easier to, uh, uh, for me to get things done immediately, right, and I can see the impact. So it's very difficult for me to take a step back and say, look, do I want to go back to uh, an environment where uh, I will need to convince uh, you know a lot of stakeholders upwards or sidewards or across the interface to get things done, right? Mm. And, and, mm. and that to me is you know, the, the main reason why I'm still here and imagine or why I'm still here within a role that I'm currently doing.
1: Mm. So let's go back to the networking part of, of Warren, right? So I think ever since I, I met you, um, We've been bumping into each other in pretty much um, all kinds of events, life Within KL, and it, granted, it's a small, small world, right? Um, but of course, there must be the intrinsic nature of yours to to genuinely, you know, connect people, right? And then the WhatsApp group started. I can't remember when that was. It was about <laughs> two years ago um, uh-huh. when it was less than two hundred and fifty people. You could just squeeze everybody in one group at that time, right? So how was that? How, how did that grow? Did your so, relatives uh, just blow up so you just had to have somewhere else to store all these numbers?
0: Uh, actually, you know, the, 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 uh, you know to, to, to really get to the gist of why uh, a lot of these informal communities have actually succeeded organically, and this is very important because community is all about organic uh, sustenance and organic growth, meaning that, you know, anybody who joins in, you know, must be able to, to derive something beneficial out of it and also contribute something back into it, right? It all boils down to uh, what was the main reason why the community was started in the first place? Um, You know, the community was started because uh, I I knew I was living magic and I didn't want the the, the network that I've accumulated over time that was stored in my head to to leave the ecosystem or to leave the the, the organization, so to speak, Mm. right? And how, what was the easiest way to, to do it? Literally just dumping the numbers of all the founders that I had <laughs> into, into a WhatsApp group, right? And if they find it useful, yes, by all means, stay in it. If they don't find it useful, then, then you can you know, feel free to leave, right? There's no obligation. Uh, so like, the key thing is really to, to uh, number one, really outline um, the, the, the objective in the first place. As long as the clarity is there where, uh, you know, it's not about exploiting the community it's not about exploiting uh, you know, uh, uh, some friends or acquaintances, but really creating a genuine uh, platform where they can share thoughts, they can get support. Uh, and more importantly, you know, they feel that they can actually contribute back because everybody feels passionate about contributing back to the local ecosystem or, or, or the country. Right? And that, that becomes a unifying time point. Of course, new people will come and go, right? And that's always healthy. You get an exchange of people and you get an exchange of ideas, right? but the key thing is to create a platform to bring everybody together first, right? Mm. That's the first step. Second thing is uh, to encourage and cultivate a culture of sharing, right? Of course, you know, uh, as you know, with the COVID-19 situation, a lot of our WhatsApp groups have turned into COVID-19 spam groups, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> groups or alumni groups or high school groups, right? But as long as you, you can curate it first and outline the rules early on, and that's when, you know, yeah, you stop the deterioration <laughs> from, from yeah. becoming too bad.
1: So it's a question uh, of who who posts that that who reposts the that unique picture first, right?
0: Exactly, Uh, it doesn't make sense, you know. Why would you want to post something that's appearing on the front page of the star that everybody's going to read anyway, right? (laughs) So so something extra from another another source, right? uh, It's value adding. Then I can understand, you know, but if something that everybody's going to read anyway, then it really the the, uh, fits no purpose. But okay. So, starting with uh, good intentions. Number two, you know, uh, uh, laying the ground rules. Uh, And number three, just letting it grow organically. Um, You know, hopefully you are with the... And, and, you know, curation is very important, right? Because you want to maintain the quality of interaction. Mm. And so, uh, the value of, uh, you know, being a member of of a a group uh, or community uh, hinges on the fact that, yes, uh, you can get value out of it. And because uh, uh, you can get value out of it, uh, you know, it's, it's curated. There's a certain uh, 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 a premium attached to the scarcity of the spot. That's what mm. makes people feel a lot attached to it. Mm. And that's, that's also the reason why I chose to keep everything on WhatsApp instead of moving things to Telegram or, or, or Facebook groups or Slack groups. Because mm. when you don't have a limit, right, um, people will treasure the position less. That's mm. one thing. You know, you get uh uh, uh you get less curation. And all sorts of people will be filtering in, and, and eventually you get diluted and you get diminished, right? So uh, when it came to creating the the Unicruge group, you know, the, the policy was uh, to grow it over time, bit by bit, every few weeks. You know, every week I'll add a few names, a few names, a few names, a few names, and then eventually, you know, it's still sustainable at two hundred fifty six, right? And now I think yeah. I've got about, about seven eight. Nine ten groups, you know, on, 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 on WhatsApp and uh, I don't, I don't really do much, you know, and, and uh, people just treat it as a, as a platform. But, uh, but that's a good thing, right? It ties the people in the country together. It also ties people across the region together, mm, uh, in order yeah. to visit uh, on what's happening across the different mm. interfaces, right? Yeah, the regional
1: <laughs> aspects is fantastic, right? Um, that so you can reach out in the, in the, in ASEAN itself.
0: Yeah. but to be honest with you, I would like to do, uh, I, actually, to be honest with you, I don't think I've been doing that much over the past three years. Uh, because, you know, the groups have been set up. I've not actively uh, tried to grow the groups further, right? Uh, and because the, the, the pace at which things are moving very fast, uh, especially uh, uh, especially in the rest of the Southeast Asian countries, right? Indonesia or, or Thailand, or uh, Indonesia and Vietnam especially, right? And, and Singapore. Uh, that there are new names and uh, new people in 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 the circle, right? Uh, so I might not have that much visibility. But that was also because I've not consciously tried to to plug myself in further, uh, um, uh, so to speak. But in Malaysia, my gut feel is telling me that you know uh, things have stagnated a little bit, based on my observation. Hmm. Stagnated in the sense that you know it's still the same names uh, mostly from from three years ago. Uh, not that much has changed. And I think you know it's probably a function of um, it's probably a function of capital um, uh, flowing in within the local ecosystem. It's also a function of um, you know, uh, uh, the, the market size perhaps, right? Mm. That, that I don't see that many new founders. I mean, you've been around for, uh, in, the, in the local scene for, for four or five years, right? Um, mm. you know, yes, I think a lot more things are happening on the fintech space, but in terms of the normal tech ecosystem, so to speak, uh, I, I don't really get a, a feel or a sense that there are that many new joiners uh, uh, jumping in and mm. having succeeded uh, mm. uh, you know, uh, within the traditional sense. It's still the same people, uh, but those who have survived.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the key differentiator, right, is the ones who've survived. Right? If you go to some of these groups with a lot of the new startups, I mean, Magic still runs their accelerator programs, right? And you, know, you can yep. get new personalities coming in. But I think within a year, within two years, um, it's pretty much fizzled away uh, in terms of uh, those companies, right? Which, which is also yeah. you know, not a it's not a bad thing. That's that's how we keep the the ecosystem alive with you know only the strongest survive. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like, In terms of the, the the quality ones, you know, um, seems to be uh, not as as many. I was in uh, Jakarta last year, end of last year, um, at their uh, uh, tech tech in Asia, and it reminded me uh, of the events in KL. You know, four or five years ago, it's huge, right? And there's so many uh, different new startups. People are coming out from universities, jumping in. Uh, seems to be a lot more vibrant there than than Malaysia these days.
0: Yeah, but I think it's principally because of the availability of capital. I mean, if you ask the VCs who are looking into the region, where would they invest first? Right, naturally they'll go straight to Indonesia first. Mm. And then they will look into uh, Vietnam because you know to them it seems like it's like a mini China, one uh, one tenth, one twelfth of the population of China, uh, roughly the same cultural norms and the way they spend money uh, and, uh, and 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 the rate of growth. And then you know Singapore because that's where a lot most of the businesses are based. Um, so I do think that you know if there's money uh, flowing around, uh, then there'll be more activity. But uh, you know just from my observation, I don't think that there's too much going around within within the local ecosystem, so to speak. Right. Mm. maybe some of the factors are beyond our control right? it's probably mostly due to the fact that ours is a middling country not big mm. uh, enough uh, to, to draw uh, the most attention for someone who's just new into the region or who's new into looking things but whereas you know, the, the local capital pools are not big enough to fund the local companies to really go abroad beyond Malaysia right? mm. that's why we don't see that many companies breaking out of Malaysia since the last I'll say you know four or five years. Even those who tried uh, early on, uh, I know of uh, many of the Unicroach founders who, who went to Indonesia, who tried to go to Philippines, and they burned through a lot of money, right? Because you know the market was enough. They burned through a few million US dollars, but even then, a few million dollars is not enough, right? To mm-hmm. to really make for the market now, the playbook has changed. Where you need tens of millions of US dollars. Now, mm-hmm. if you tell me where can they find a the source of capital here in Malaysia, I can't think of any. Maybe Kazana, but you know, uh, Kazana is also, you know, probably not that active in terms of uh, uh, investing. But local indigenous source of capital, you know, uh, we won't be able to find the tens of millions of US dollars.
1: Yeah. But I also hope that it's it's quieter because a whole bunch of these companies are just keeping their head down and just growing the business. You know what I mean? And I would too, so as well, yeah. Hopefully there's a groundswell of successes in the next one or two years. Huh? Hopefully.
0: Yes. But you know, uh, I think you know with the, the COVID nineteen situation, uh, many of the the startups or companies or businesses as whole, right? Even if you are not know, a startup uh, will probably struggle. I mean, God knows. I mean, who knows uh, how long it's going to last? One month, yeah, three months, yeah. five months, one year, right? Uh, and uh, the key issue, as you know, is probably cash flow. Already, we're seeing uh, you know uh, airlines seeing ninety percent drops, hotels seeing ninety percent drops, F M B seeing fifty percent drops. Uh, and uh, these are like the uh, you know, main industries that actually employ hundreds of thousands of people even in a country like Malaysia
1: mm. I was just talking to uh, Azlan from AdCard just now just to catch mm. up on how COVID is and he was saying that yeah luckily for him because he services clinics so there's obviously business in the clinics still especially now yeah. um, but for a lot of the companies which are serving you know retail or end users the you know, B2Cs some of them are like 0% business now right they've just yeah. there's nothing going on at
0: all so it it's, it's, it's a trend. Yeah. I mean even uh, I, I mean I saw a statistic somewhere that you know uh, restaurant bookings are down significantly uh, you know uh, even if uh, online delivery is increasing because you know, people are all locked lockdown globally right now but it's not enough to compensate for uh, the, yeah, so the revenue are not there hmm. exactly right um uh in Malaysia and and uh, all around you know I was looking at the numbers from open table as well um, and, and I think you know, that that to me is a, actually a very worrying uh, sign of things to come. And I think you know this leads me to another point I want to bring up. Right, I, I would actually advise all the startups and uh, and companies, especially those that are still uh, finding the, the right business model. As you know, you know in the tech startup space, many of them are uh, still reliant on VC funding to actually fund the businesses, uh, whilst they try to pivot and hopefully find a business model that works. Hmm. But the reality is that, you know, uh, doing the whole movement towards uh, O2O, uh, as well as, uh, you know, uh, classifieds or or, uh, economy marketplaces, many of these platforms don't have enough gross margin, right? Hmm. And when the gross margin is not enough, you know, after you deduct all of the, the fixed costs, you know, it's very difficult to actually build a business model. Mm. Uh, uh, so, and so you know uh, the hope is that you know, eventually many of them will be able to find a way to sustain themselves yeah
1: and that's mm. you know that, that's a whole topic that we can talk about for like many hours right how the the model before was like it's just about raising funds and valuation right as opposed to yeah. running a business which is actually revenue minus cost equals profit
0: yes but that, I mean that narrative has really changed about 3 or 4 years ago you know mm-hmm. when there was a slowdown in the sofa. Uh uh funding uh, uh so I think you know, uh, the, the current situation has just compounded it yeah yeah
1: so let's go talk about imagine a little bit um so help me understand the, the different I don't know whether it's departments or models or products because there's one two three RF and then there's design AI uh help me understand that a little bit.
0: Okay, so Imagine has been around for more than 15 years. Uh, we are a completely bootstrap company. Uh, we are one of the very few internet companies built out of Kuala Lumpur or Southwest Asia that's truly global. Uh, yes, we are operationally based out here in Kuala Lumpur, but we're not really a Malaysian business, so to speak, because uh, U- US is a 30% of our business, Europe is 40% of our business, the rest of Asia packs another 30%, so Malaysia is less than 1%. Uh, and hence uh, why I say you know we're not really a Malaysian business. Uh, uh, you know, in, in practice, uh, we have several products under the group. Uh, the main one is One Two Three RF, which competes against competitors such as Shutterstock and and iStock, uh, which mm-hmm. many of uh, uh, your audience will come across, uh, especially when they're googling for images to use. They probably have seen our watermark, right? So yeah, the watermark, right? They see the watermark, <laughs> and we also have Pixlr, which is one of the largest online photo editors that competes against Photoshop. Uh, this is something that we bought from Autodesk about three years ago. Um, and, and we've got tens of millions of users on, on a monthly basis. Uh, we have Designs.ai, which is a platform that uses AI to automate content creation, uh, whether it's talking about videos or logos or, or Facebook banners uh, and, and apps. Right? And we have a host of other, other brands you know, uh, and, and products. Um, you know, The Hungry JPEG, which is a marketplace of fonts and graphic files, we have Vector, which is a Vector illustration tool online that we acquired from, from Taiwan. Uh, we have, um, uh, we have uh, craft sites, etc., etc. So to summarize, what we essentially have will be content marketplaces, selling content and licensing content. This will range from images to footage files to audio files to, to graphic files um, to tools uh, which you can use to create stuff. Uh, Whether it's photo editing or video editing or vector illustrations. And then the third pillar will be education, right? Uh, but uh, I think the reason why I want to tell the whole story in such a way is because, you know, we are changing from being a content-driven uh, business into a content plus SaaS plus AI uh, business model. Mm. Um, in the past, we used to be benchmarked against Shutterstock, uh, which is this on NYSE and it's worth about $1. billion dollars. Uh, Sorry, but now
1: we Is ch- uh, that the first business for
0: Imagine? Yes. So uh, Imagine started off selling images for a few hundred dollars a piece, US dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and they were acting as a resellers. And then subsequently, we started one, two, three RF, uh, which is uh, in the microstock space, and we, we sell images for a few dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. And now you know uh, we are at the third phase of our evolution, uh, uh, becoming a complete creative ecosystem, right, supported by marketplaces and tools. And now we are changing the narrative to be benchmarked against Adobe. Adobe is worth about $150 billion uh, uh, listed on the, on the NASDAQ. It's actually the third largest enterprise uh, software company in the world now after Microsoft and also Oracle. Uh, uh, and it's even bigger than, 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 than uh, let's say, uh, Salesforce, right? Mm. Uh, and what Adobe offers is they offer Photoshop, Illustrator, you know, uh, uh, video editing software and they sell cloud solutions. Mm. Uh, they made $7 billion on Creative Cloud subscriptions last year. So even if we can just try to take 2 or 3% from the market share, you know, it's enough for us. Yeah. Uh, it's more, uh, more than what we're happy with. I think it's like, I was
1: going to say, how the heck are you going to do that, right? But if we go back and see, during the days of Shutterstock and, and iStock Photos, right? Those were the two monsters. And you would say, why the heck are these guys going against those, right? And yet, here you are with such a huge uh, slice of the pie. So similarly, we look at, okay, there's Adobe, right? You're gonna go up against those guys? Like, are you nuts? But you know, you've got a bit of a track record of you know going up against the big guys and then putting a real good fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been around the market for for some time, so we actually know you know a lot of those people. Uh, you know, the founders of uh, uh, Shutterstock, the founders of Getty. Uh, I deal with the founders of uh, Canva, for example. Uh, so the counterparts that we deal with are the global companies because that's the nature of the business. Uh, I don't really deal with a lot of uh, Malaysian. Uh, companies, so to speak, because there are not that many uh, folks playing in the same industry as uh, as mm. us, um, right? Uh, uh, but the, you know we're, we're number four in the world for 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 stock images. We're number two in terms of traffic. Our photo editors uh, is you know amongst the top uh, in the world by user base. What uh, is 4. the photo on- editor? Uh, Pixlr, P-I-X-L-R. Ah, yep. Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, and so there there is a track record of playing in the space, not at the top one, two, you know, uh, uh, positions, but, you know, the middling pack right now. The question mm-hmm. is, you know, how do we integrate all together into a cohesive strategy and and make a play for it, right? Never say never, right? Mm-hmm. Smaller company, uh, we are constrained by resources uh, because we are bootstrapped. And number two, you know, with the current climate, you know, business uh, conditions are very, very tough, right? So even a company like ours that's profitable, we need to watch our cash flow very carefully. Because God knows, right? I mean, uh, you know, the, the, if the situation uh, the, uh, declines and you know, business falls by 50%, we need to make sure we are prepared for the kind of scenario. Right? Uh, but uh, nonetheless, the track record has shown that we are always able to punch above our weight uh, mm-hmm. relative to our size. And so the question is, you know, can we uh, wiggle our way through, find a way uh, uh, in order to build on top of the foundation that we have? And my belief uh, is uh, we actually have the foundation to do so. Uh, The the question is all about pulling the right people and the right skills and the right competencies and the right luck as well, right along with the right execution, right. I think execute ideas is strategy is very important. Strategy, execution, and luck. People always say you know it's all about execution, 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 right. But the reality is I will say you know it's wanted, wanted, wanted. You get the strategy right, but you don't get the execution right, you cannot go anywhere, right? You get the execution right, but the strategy wrong, you go down the wrong rabbit hole. If you get the both of them right, but you get something like COVID-19, there's nothing you can do about it as well, right? Yeah. So it's wanted, wanted, wanted. Luck of timing, right, you know? Just one of, those Lack of timing. It, it's really beyond our control. If you just look at what happened, right? Now, over the space of a month, it just escalates into what it is today.
1: Yeah. We'll get back into that. Um, but... Are you able to share a little bit more about the, from a company standpoint? So you said, you know, Imogen obviously is a Malaysian born and operated company, but how is it from a structure standpoint? Is, is everybody here? How big is the company? You know, what's going on? Okay.
0: So, uh, we have uh, more than 300 people globally, of which uh, you know, 200 plus are based here in our office in Kelana Jaya. Um, the rest of our, our people are scattered across, you know, uh, uh, 20 over different countries, and then we have JV partners as well. So, they are mostly doing sales and, uh, uh, and local operations and, and, and local marketing. Um, over here, you know, uh, I would say maybe... 30 to 40% of the staff here are tech. So our tech team are mostly based out here in Malaysia, mm-hmm. uh, but I also do manage, you know, uh, outsourcing teams, uh, try to join external expertise from countries like Poland, from Pakistan, uh, from, from uh, India uh, to, to supplement our, our operations. Um, you know, By and large, uh, our current uh, cash counts are uh, 1 to 3RF. We are activating uh, Pixlr and also Design Store AI as our two new channels of growth. And that's where we'll be focusing a lot of our attention on uh, over time. Um, Our staff are, I would say, maybe 80% Malaysian, 20% foreign. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even in Malaysia, we have uh, more and more foreigners now because we needed to run a global business for... Mm -hmm. Uh, two reasons. One, you know, is the, the cultural understanding. Uh, I mean, number one, language skills. Number two, it's really the cultural understanding. It's very difficult to find Malaysians who can, for example, market to Americans in the way they, they write uh, the copy or mm. the way they will position something or the way they will create a marketing campaign, right? Because it requires the cultural nuance. Mm. Same thing with uh, in Japan or, or South Korea or, 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 or Europe. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's why we you know we have a, a mix um, you know so uh, this will
1: have to be the local guys in those countries like right? there's no way around it right
0: in those countries or uh, thankfully you know in Malaysia it's relatively easy to hire foreigners uh, due to the MSC mm. Uh, mm. You know, uh, rules and regulations and that's what makes it uh, um, you know uh, uh, easier uh, to, 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 to maybe operate a, you know, a regional business out of Malaysia in comparison to many other countries Um mm. and, and I do hope that the government will, of course, you know, uh, uh, still make it uh, easy to, or make it even easier to hire uh, non-locals, especially from Southeast Asia, uh, given the fact that we want to position Malaysia as the center of Southeast Asia. If you want to position Malaysia as the center of Southeast Asia, you cannot hide the fact that we need to hire Thais, we need to hire Vietnamese uh, folks, we need to hire people from Cambodia, or people from from Indonesia, right? And so, you know, I I do think the, the government should actually make it easier. Um, so to speak, um, what else is there? Uh, we've been around. We've been bootstrap. You know, uh, the most of our senior management have been a company for 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 uh, for many many years. Uh, uh, we are still aggressive uh, and and continuously trying to disrupt ourselves, right? Mm. And and that's what still makes it interesting because you know the the company is still in the uh, in the in the 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 mood to change because if we don't disrupt ourselves in the tech industry if we don't disrupt ourselves others will be disrupting us Um, so it's better for us to disrupt ourselves than to to let others eat our lunch and things are moving so fast that every five years or so you probably need to have a business model change whether it's about selling uh, images for a few hundred bucks to selling images for a few dollars to moving to subscriptions to moving to software right? and and, uh, who knows uh, what kind of business model will come up uh, and, and uh, you know, luckily, we are still nimble enough to, to move. Um, but, you know, a company like us will also still face constraints. Constraints from a funding perspective, constraints from um, the ability to hire, uh, you know, uh, the right type of talent for certain things that we want to do. Um, you know, we have very good local talent. Uh, don't get me wrong. But sometimes, you know, uh, some of the skill sets are just not easily found here in Malaysia or this region. Uh, whether it's because of the education system or whether it's because of the fact of uh, that the experience pool is not big enough there're not that many people who have done certain things so therefore you know we're not able to to find enough critical mass uh, of certain uh, skill sets right mm. uh, and these are the, the, the i think the, the two principal things that that actually you know are primary constraints
1: so just on that your so the latest one design.ai. or ai now that's going a little bit more leading edge right in terms of the technology that you guys are using to automatically generate all these uh, uh comms videos. I tried it uh, myself it's, it's quite cool the way you know it picks the right music the kind of background and and and, and video too right to, to do it so tying that back to the skill set so to launch something like that with you know pretty much leading edge technologies, how did you get the the skills and resources for that
0: I think you know. Okay, uh, one thing to be clear, I wouldn't say it's leading edge, but it's close enough, right? Uh, so uh, uh, to, 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 to help. <laughs> well, from uh,
1: the consumer, uh, this it is pretty good, you know?
0: It's okay, right okay, okay. Uh, I think the, the key thing is really to have an awareness of what's out there in the market, right? And then number two, to have the foresight to try to bring it all together and, and mix and match together to, to innovate something new. Uh, and then number three, uh, uh, the question is uh, not whether we can find the people here. If we cannot, can we find the people outside? So that's the reason why I have uh, outsourcing teams uh, in countries like Poland or India or, or Pakistan, right? And I try to organize it together with our local workforce over here in order to to pull uh, and, and, and draw some of the, 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 the knowledge, uh, but on the other hand, in order to be able to move faster. Uh, if I were to try to hire a team locally uh, to build something like that, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, no, uh, number one, uh, whether or not I can find enough uh, people with certain experience or certain skills. Number two, whether or not I can keep certain, uh, uh, this this bunch of people, once I've recruited them as a team, together long enough, right, to do something big. Because, you know, uh, the market is so hot right now that people come and go, right, and people leave after, you know, a year or six months, it's going to throw a wrench into the the works as well. So, it's about balancing, you know, using internal resources versus outsourcing in order to try to move things fast.
1: Hmm. Now, for something like design AI. Uh, were you there when it was was uh, initially started, uh, or was it already there when you joined?
0: No, I mean uh, I, I'm the uh, guy who I guess you know uh, uh, came out with the idea and tried to get things uh, going from from uh, from the beginning, right? Ah, perfect. Uh, so
1: that was going to be my question for okay. for a nimble company like like Invision, right? How does how does something like that? What was the genesis for something like that? Is it you know? It sounds like for this one it was you. Um, you know, who sat around and thought about this, and then pulled the team together. How, how does that process work?
0: Well, the genesis was I was talking to the the, my, uh, the boss and also the senior management, and saying, "Oh yeah, we need to do something in SaaS, right? You know, uh, uh, if we don't do something, you know, our core business will get disrupted." Uh, mm-hmm. Keep talking, to talking again, uh, and, and then uh, and then you know, what's a bullet points? We should do this. Look at what the others are doing. You know, let's try to do this. You know, I think this is the budget. Uh, okay, let's do it right let's just get the ball rolling <laughs> right? okay. and so that's the benefit of uh, of being in a private business that's not listed uh, uh and uh, and still founder led right mm. because you know, make decisions quickly uh, and uh, more importantly we can also appreciate and understand yes not all decisions that we make will succeed many of them will fail right but it's the willingness and the appetite to try as long as it's an educated uh uh decision uh mm. and, and and justify and we feel that reasonably within our scope of experience that uh, this is the right thing to do right mm. uh, so that's how things started i mean you know this this is the same uh, uh principle for some of the acquisitions that we've made some of the deals that we've made you know it's not about ding dong ding dong you know uh, over months uh, uh, and papers or getting a let's say mckinsey or or, or, or Bain to to write a strategy report it's more about um, with our industry lens does it make sense Right. And how it does it tie with the resources that we have within uh, our our control right now? Uh, is it something that we can realistically execute? Right. Um, I think uh, at, at the end of the day, ultimately it's about people driving and, and leading these things. Um, so you know, thankfully, you know, my boss is uh, uh, you know trusting of of, of, of uh, the senior management team to execute and he gives us room to to actually try. Right, mm. uh, as is aligned with it. So that's not mm. an issue.
1: So you mentioned before that, okay, so with the current climate, you're going to activate 123RF a bit more aggressively and design.ai. What exactly are you guys going to do to push it? Uh,
0: so, okay, now is the time where paid acquisition does not really make that much sense in terms of uh, investing into Google or Facebook or, or online marketing or offline marketing because people are not traveling, people are differing uh, you know, uh, spending, people are reducing spend on, on marketing campaigns uh, and also product launches. Uh, but what we'll do is that we'll continue to invest into things like community engagement, okay? Uh, content general, when, when the community
1: is all at home now, so what are you gonna do?
0: Well, an like, example is this, right? This, this video cast interview is a good example, right? Uh, uh, we, are, we plan to do more webinars, uh, so this is a good uh, uh, opportunity for us to try. As an organization, we have never tried using webinars before. But now, you know, with all the platforms out there, and the fact that everybody globally is on lockdown, this is the best opportunity, right? Wow. And, and so we will be doing more workshops on how do you actually use Pixlr to create uh, this this uh, uh, this trick uh, and to, to enhance your photos. How do you create good marketing videos? How do you actually... Um, create content as, a, as an out-of-work designer or as a struggling freelancer so that you can sell in our marketplaces. Because we do believe that these things are meaningful, value-adding um, efforts. Number one, it helps people to upskill. Number two, it helps people to monetize more and to earn passive income. So, and, and from our perspective, right, it's useful for us from a, from a marketing perspective and also for, uh, from us to, to engage and build up branding. And it doesn't really cost that much except the effort and the time, right? Mm. So uh, that, these are the things that I think, you know, we'll, we'll be focusing a lot more on uh, going forward. In fact, you know, just before I jump on this call, we were doing our first uh, webinar test on Facebook Live <laughs> uh, oh, for okay. the first time. Yeah, uh, just to see whether it works, you know, what, what are the logistical kinks that we need to uh, solve uh, and uh, whether or not we get, we get the, 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 the right steps uh, done correctly. So I think, you know, uh, you should expect us to, to do more of it going forward. Hmm.
1: And I I can not ask you about the impact of COVID on on your operations. How how is it going? Are you guys? Because obviously you said your offices in Klanajaya, now that's been shut. Unless you know, the last time I checked, uh, design is not one of the critical services. So you guys will <laughs> all have to work from home, right? So how's how's that hitting your operations?
0: Okay, Um, I I would say, you know, yes, there's definitely uh, uh, a change in terms of the way we work. Uh, There's also an impact in terms of business efficiency. uh, But it's also an opportunity to be even more efficient on certain lines. Uh, For me, personally, you know, finding myself working from home, I'm actually more efficient because I cram more things uh, within the same period of time. Mm. Uh, So, uh, logically, because we are purely online business as a start, Okay. A lot of things are already on cloud. Our mm. staff are in general more IT savvy or, or IT literate in comparison to many other larger companies or traditional brick and mortar companies. Right? And the fact that you know, uh, we are not a, a, you know, a brick and mortar business, we sell our stuff mostly online, these things will help to uh, uh, mitigate you know, uh, the direct impact of lockdowns. Uh, or, or, or slowdowns of, uh, of economic activity. But there's also an indirect impact, right? You know, if uh, the restaurants start spending less, the airline companies start spending less, the hotel companies start spending less, the financial companies are struggling, struggling with bad debts, you know, uh, the auto companies cannot sell their cars, no one's going to spend uh, uh, more on marketing services uh, or, or agency services which require our products. So there's an indirect impact over there. And I, I think, you know, uh, uh, the impact will be there. But Hopefully, uh, it will not be, um, i would say, direct. And uh, what we're trying to do is to try to find a new customer segments or new ways to help our existing customers to try to salvage their business. Mm. Uh, I think this is also another opportunity where hopefully we can, we can sell the story of cost-cutting, making it cheaper for, for even a company like Maybank, right? I'm sure, you know, Maybank itself, uh, even though it's the largest company uh, in, 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 uh, in KLSC, uh, would, would want to cut costs now, right? And, and, and to prepare for, for what's going to come over the next six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months, right? So if they're using a, a more expensive alternative like Adobe, why don't they give it something like Imagine a try, right? And we be more than happy to help out. There's your pitch right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but, but that's the truth, I mean, uh, we, uh, uh, we are positioning ourselves as a as a, as a, as a more economical uh, 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 you know sound option uh, mm. um you know uh, we, we caught our first break in uh, two thousand eight two thousand and nine two thousand ten that was when the recession happened right mm. uh, and so the what what our own internal experience is telling us that uh, during recessions yes everybody will suffer, but we will suffer relatively less in comparison to for example, the Marsalee companies, right? Mm. Uh, our competitors in, in, in New York or in, in Sydney or in, a, uh, in London or in Paris, uh, they will have much higher headcount costs to worry about than someone mm. else, right? Uh, um, so that's the cost advantage for us to, 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 to think about, right? Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think you know, that's a negative impact, but as long as we can tough it out, uh, then you know the the opportunity sets will be a lot wider for us once the 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 fog is cleared.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so two last questions for you. Um, the one being for the company, and the other one for you personally. So for the company standpoint, you mentioned how you guys are pivoting, well, not you know, as natural along the journey. So going more into the SaaS model. So what's beyond design
0: AI um, for you, then? Um, I I think you know. We made a lot of acquisitions over the past three to four years. So that's Mm. enough acquisition now. Uh, Mm. The key thing is to make sure our our core products will work well together or individually first. Next part of the process is really to bring it all together into Imagine, Mm. right? So that we have something called Imagine One, the all-in-one solution for your creative needs. Mm. Oh, is that the brand name already? Um, Yes, we are working towards it, right? We've not launched it officially, but the, the the key thing is that we have content, we have tools. Right? Uh, you know, if you can bring it all together, uh, it makes more sense for you to take it as a package. It's easier for the consumers as well. That's where we'll be uh, driving our strategy going forward. Uh, what's next after SaaS? I think uh, focus on SaaS and on AI. We actually have a real AI team at uh, Imagine. In, in you know, to be honest with you, many companies uh, in the region or Southwest Asia will claim that I have an AI team, I have a data team, you know, uh, but we actually have a real AI team. These are PhDs and then we have uh, people from uh, Cambridge and Oxford working there yeah. uh, because, because uh, the field of AI right now is very, uh, uh, it's nascent, but a lot of the initial research is in uh, machine vision, computer vision, uh, and also, you know, uh, you know image manipulation. And that's mm-hmm. our core bread and butter anyway. Uh, and hence, there's a direct correlation uh, in relationship to whatever we're doing. Uh, and that's also the reason why we have invested into an AI team of our own. So uh, to answer your first question, more SaaS, uh, more AI, and more integration.
1: That's cool. And uh, the last one is uh, about Warren himself. So what's the future for you? Four years already mm-hmm. in Imagine. In, in um, yeah. You gonna do anything more exciting?
0: Well, you know, oh, okay. I, run a, I run a children's book business on the site. So I sell personalized children's book on uh, this, this website called Amazing Fables. You can put in your name, Amran, and can, you can buy a book, right? And you, you get your, your, your own avatar in it. Uh, that's my personal actually, actually,
1: project. Actually, why, why don't you talk about that a little bit? So, so where did, how did that happen?
0: Uh, that happened because I wanted to create something that can earn me some passive income. So uh, I created a website, invested some money into it. I had a tech team. I wrote some of the stories myself. Uh, I, I hired uh, uh, freelance illustrators from all around the world, Argentina, Romania, Italy, uh, Indonesia. Uh, and I launched uh, like eight books. Um, so it's a personalized storybook, a uh, website called amazingfables.com. You can enter your name with your avatar, custom the message. Uh, and then you get a printed book, which a uh, photo book is helping me print here in Malaysia. It gets sent to you uh, from anywhere around the world. Right, uh, you can also get a video book that you can play on 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 your on your phone. Well, the reason why I started it, the official story lah, right? The one that I tell, you know, and all my marketing pitches is uh, I feel very passionate about children's education. Uh, it's something that can open up uh, their eyes to to be inspired about discovering the whole new world. Which it's true, right? Because that was my way out in terms of uh, you know finding uh, uh, inspiration. Or when I was a kid, I couldn't afford to travel abroad, right? So my 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 window to the world was through reading. Uh, but the second thing was like, you know, when I did the calculations, it made sense as a business model and so I just decided to just go ahead with it.
1: <laughs> it's but, funny that still, it's still, it's funny it's quite aligned with what you do on your day job as well, you know, in terms yeah, of design, it's all about creative. I,
0: I, because uh, I, I think, you know, uh, a lot of the sets that you learn from a day job or your part-time job can help to enrich each other, right? Mm. Uh, and... Uh, on that basis, you know, actually, I, I do want to uh, give some advice to some of the potential listeners. If some of them are thinking of starting their own thing, right, uh, whilst they are still, they're still in their corporate jobs or they still have a full-time job, uh, I would recommend that them to try it uh, during the free time first before quitting and jumping head on into it, especially if they're a first-time founder, right? Because, you know, at least you have a social safety net. Uh, of course, don't let it impact your day job right? But but on the other hand, you know, it's also a way to learn new skills. It's a way mm-hmm. to tick the box uh, in terms of your experience. And if it really works out and you get initial traction, uh, then, then only you make the decision to actually make the jump and say, look, this is worth my full-time uh, job. Uh, I think there are often situations where, you know, uh, especially those who are uh, very idealistic and say, oh yeah, that guy made it, you know, he, he quit his company and just jumped straight on He's it. not a multi-millionaire. That doesn't happen to everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, it, it's about, you know, having a, a risk-adjusted decision.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a true consultant.
0: Uh, and, uh,
1: okay. <laughs> but, but learning uh, learning from life, you know.
0: Yeah, learning from life. But the second question, right, you know, what, what's next for me? I'm going to hmm. stay on here, imagine. Because, you know, I think that's the opportunity to build uh, the next unicorn. Hopefully, if we get our strategy right, we'll be the next Decacon. Right, uh, I do genuinely believe that uh, uh, we have we have the potential, uh, we have the foundation. Uh, it's about uh, uh, you know sticking it through uh, uh, and believing in the vision, and then just executing. Uh, and I think you know, uh, give or think another three four years, uh, we will be able to have a clearer idea on whether we're on the right track.
1: Cool man. Anyway, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. My pleasure.
0: Pleasure talking to you as well, Amran. Yeah, good catching yeah. finally.
1: Let's have a, a take once all these uh, controls are lifted. Yeah, okay,
0: no problem. No problem. No problem. Let's do so. All and right. The,
1: and, the, and the second podcast interview will be in the actual studio la, face-to-face.
0: Okay, okay. No problem. Not an issue at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Bye.